What's going on? Welcome to Life's a Trip podcast. I'm Dave. And I am Chase. And uh, on this podcast, we explore all kinds of stuff, all the, the weird and winding individual paths that we all walk in life. Uh, our conversations range from mindfulness and relationships. All the way to psychedelic spirituality, and a whole bunch of weird, crazy, fun stuff. Yeah, and uh, we just we look at basically what it means to be anything at all. Or not. Or not. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, and I hope that you enjoy. Love you guys. See you on the other side. Peace. What's going on, guys? This is Chase. Just really quickly, wanted to give a shout out to Dave, who is in Asheville. We are recording today's podcast in Toledo, Ohio, with the amazing Gavin Weber. We're going to talk about a whole bunch of stuff from music to mental health. I really hope you guys enjoy, and we'll see you on the other side. Yo, we are officially here with the man of the hour, Mr. Gavin Weber. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. Thanks for showing up at my house with a microphone and wanting to record a silly conversation between the two of us. Absolutely, dude. Ever since I met you, I honestly kind of thought you were a very compelling gentleman. Uh, just the conversations that we've had. Uh, we actually met... Um, when did we meet? It was years ago. It was at one of our buddies' houses. Um, I want to say maybe going on 10 years now it was very short-lived relationship at that point i think we hung out for a few days while you were in town maybe and then you left again and then it took about you know nine ten more years for us <laughs> to get reacquainted and i'd say uh it's better than it's ever been absolutely yeah i mean i shout out to mark uh, i think he's he's pretty much the one that that brought us together um, and the funny thing is, Mark was my best friend, uh, before you came mm -hmm. and then I moved away and you became Mark's best friend. Yeah. I filled that space in his heart. That yeah. Held, I suppose. <laughs> and here we are. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, one of the biggest things for me about you is your music to me. Like I, I love your music. Every time you post something on Facebook, I'm listening to it multiple times. I'm like making up random lyrics in my head. Uh, I love it. But just for everybody, how did you how did you get into music? Um, I've always had a deep passion for music ever since I was a child. I think one of my oldest memories in life is actually being maybe two or three years old and sitting in my dad's car with him. And I just remember the bells and the chimes from The Beginning of Time by Pink Floyd. And <laughs> no way. If anybody listening knows my dad you know that he's a huge Grateful Dead fan so I was raised in a household that always involved um, you know more than just like an enjoyment for music but a passion and almost like a devotion for you know listening to music as more than just uh, audible resource but more as something that kind of steers the direction of your life in essence well absolutely and I definitely think it has with you I think you've followed music around a lot um, I, I've loved music myself but I mean to go back into like the roots of it I mean music's been around since the beginning of time 
right? And it's it's changed cultures, it's created cultures. Um, and I think it helped create our friendship too. Uh, I didn't really know you too well. Um, I met you a little bit more at Resonance, uh, which we actually just spoke of on the last podcast. Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to speak of a lot more in future podcasts. Yeah, um, as it should be spoken. Absolutely. Yeah. And Resonance, the, the festival itself, to me, like I... I, I have only done EDM like raves before going to Resonance. So, you know, different things like E Forest, right? They're they're cool, but it's way different. Resonance has this this community feel, the love that surrounds it. <laughs> but I think Resonance opened my my mind to the love that people have to share for each other and it was all brought around because of music. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know, comparing Resonance to Electric Forest, I mean, there's plenty of similarities in the sense that, you know, it brings a community together of kids who, you know, kind of want to break free from the norm of society. And, uh, you know, the main difference between the two is Electric Forest has become this massive entity of a music festival that I feel like other music festivals really strive to be because it did start as something small and then grew into something large which is you know when someone's starting a music festival I feel like that that's their goal you know they want to create a wonderful time and a wonderful experience for every patron that's there but I'm sure most uh, promoters and owners of music festivals they eventually want to you know reach that pie in the sky which is electric forest but with resonance right now I feel like it's right in this middle ground of being able to host nationwide touring bands and DJs and producers, but also still have like that feel of an intimate little local fe- local festival, if that makes sense. So I, I can totally understand how you could transition from something like Electric Forest and eventually find yourself at Resonance. Yeah, absolutely. And once again, I, I thank Mark for that too so if anyone doesn't know mark he's crazy crazy motherfucker very crazy absolutely love him good guy one of the best guys i know yep. if my car were to break down in the middle of a desert i'm calling him absolutely if i'm in jail mark i'm calling you buddy absolutely um but yeah dude i um to speak more about you um music for you you play a few instruments you're also an artist uh but what would you say your music of choice is to produce? Um, I feel like if I really could stick to one style to produce with music, it'd fall along the lines of like Emancipator meets Pretty Lights meets Papadocio, which if you're not familiar with any of these people, Pretty Lights <laughs> is essentially a producer who started out producing hip-hop and kind of infused electronic aspects to his sound and eventually kind of created this very swingy um, electro fusion hip hop type style. So it's very boom bap, but also at the same time has a lot of like uh, gritty synth sounds, a lot of samples used. Um, I do a lot of sampling myself when I make music. You know, I make a lot of original stuff too, but I also do like flipping samples and creating a hip hop song because a lot of my roots in hip hop do go back to, or a lot of my roots in music 
to go back to hip hop and uh, Emancipator is kind of the same way with him he kind of uses a lot of uh, Eastern sounding influences you know like a lot of Eastern sounding stringed instruments but also still holds the essence of you know the boom bap style groovy flowy hip hop too and then Papadozio is just this mod podge of all sounds and I feel like I get a lot of my influence from them in the sense of uh, wanting to add more than just a set structure to a sound and almost leaving room in the song to kind of uh, let loose, be open, and turn into something that you could never expect. Which is what they do very good. Very well. You know, yes. we just saw um, Dozio in Asheville for the Holly Dozio show. You guys all went to Columbus after that for the New Year's show. I did yes. not. Uh, I stuck behind and did Pigeons Playing Ping Pong. Which I'm at, sure was still a wonderful time. It was one of the most amazing concerts I've ever been to. And, and that was at um, the Thomas Cellular Wolf, Center. Right? Yeah, Cellular Center. Yeah. Right yeah, which I didn't realize even existed. I mean, obviously I was new to Asheville that week. Um, but super great venue, super clean, yeah. super big. It's kind of tucked off to like that part of downtown that's mm -hmm. almost not downtown at all. It's a large building, but I feel like easily missed at the same time. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, to go back to Dozio, they they do, they, they leave they leave space and then just completely switch it up. Like, I've never heard anything like it, mm -hmm. which really intrigued me and why I became such a big Dozio fan. And obviously, our entire friend circle would follow them around for their entire lives and probably will. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was funny that you guys did a, I don't know if you were part of it, but the bingo board. Did you do a bingo board? Um, I did not participate in the bingo board. Um, <laughs> I wanted to participate in the bingo board, but the way that my mind works sometimes being around so many friends and stuff, I'm easily distracted. And when I meant to do the bingo board, uh, I probably got sidetracked as if I was a cat or a dog. <laughs> Fair enough. So yeah, the bingo board, they literally, it was 20 something squares and writing down different songs that they think they're going to play. And if you get them in a row, you know, four corners, the corners, or you know how bingo works, mm -hmm. um, then you get a pot full of money. Yes. Right? And after the first night, no one even came close to winning. And the, I think the max was like three songs, correct? Yeah. Which it, just it shows you. two or three. Yeah, I think it took until uh, the first night of Columbus, which was uh, three shows into the whole run that they were doing until someone actually did get a correct board. Shout out to Jack Bradshaw, by the way. Okay, Jack. I see you, bud, out there winning bingo. Okay, Jack, I see you. <laughs> That's awesome. I think it's, but it, it just shows that they can play three full shows in, we're writing down, you know, 25, 26 songs at one time and you're only getting two or three right. Yeah, which is amazing. That's how that's how wide of a range their music is. I didn't know that. Yeah, and I'd say that's the main. Well, you know, maybe not the main, but that's one of the big reasons that keeps people like me, people like you, and the people that we associate ourselves with uh, coming back to Papadocio is because you could see your favorite band take you know a band as great as Tame Impala, for example, but you could see Tame Impala two times in a row and you're probably going to get pretty much the same song with 
you know, the exception of one or two, if that. But nonetheless, great show. But when it comes to uh, these, I don't want to call Dozio a jam band, but uh, they get pigeonholed a little bit into that scene. So I'll use it in the sense of, you know, with bands like this, it usually is a completely new experience with every show that you walk into. Absolutely. No, I love it. And for anyone that's listening that has absolutely no idea who Papa Dozio is, um, look them up, but don't just listen and be like, oh yeah, that's it. Because I, I looked up Papa Dozio, I think it was like years ago when I saw someone post about it and I was like, oh yeah, that's, that's cool music, bro. You know, like it's, it's pretty groovy and like I can listen to it and vibe to it, but going to a live show is a completely different experience. Absolutely. 100%. I feel like uh, there's very few people that I've either, you know, brought to a Papadozio show or friends who have brought, you know, maybe their friends to a Papadozio show who have left saying that they didn't like at least, you know, one aspect of the show. I feel like there's just a little bit in there for everybody. And uh, it's always a good time, especially when you get to come with people who are so enthralled by what they do because just from the energy that your friend is giving out from the energy that the band is giving out i feel like that's almost an experience within itself absolutely and you know speaking of experiences um and music and community from what i've found is like this past week when we were how many people do you think were at that house um throughout the whole weekend if i had to take a guess i'd say 40 to 50 I honestly think there was over a hundred people there yeah. at like night two of the party the after uh, party dang. because downstairs I was, I was stuck playing music most you of were the time you were playing music I, downstairs I feel like I just amazing. Like, yeah I got so sucked into you know that that I almost forgot that anything else was kind of happening around but because downstairs I believe everyone watching you there was about 20 20 mm-hmm. people or maybe 30 people downstairs yeah. and just, just like always oh, like coming back and forth yes too. so it, it and then of... upstairs was completely full and then the dining room was completely full the kitchen was completely full and then not to mention all the bedrooms that are in this house mm-hmm. they were packed full of people in circles talking yeah that's uh, that's what happens when dozio comes to Asheville and uh we have a gathering at our buddy's house like specifically like the buddy's house that we had it at they've just always had uh the best houses to host uh events they've always just done a very good job at finding those spaces to where you know we can do the things that we do at them and the things that we did last weekend at them yeah and honestly what i think i love about it the most is the sense of self you can have the sense that i mean i knew you don't have to pretend to be somebody else around this group of people mm-hmm. and and I don't think it's like those certain people that it's that way I think it's the culture that you know either Dozio or these other bands have, have created these people to feel that way mm-hmm. there's the, I mean the mixture of different types of people that were at the house it was a huge wide variety mm-hmm. but I loved every single one of them and I felt like every single one of them loved me too and I could just go and have a random conversation with somebody and it wasn't weird and that is it's freeing, right? And that I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's one thing I would say about, you know, not just the Papadozio fan base because 
you know, as much as I've seen Papadozu, I've seen other bands plenty of times, such as like Fish, you know, String Cheese, Umphreys. I used to be pretty heavy uh, into going and seeing Bass Nectar, uh, you know, whether you're a Tipper fan, Grizz fan, you know, anything within like the scene of music. I feel like everyone does have a lot of the same intentions going into it. And the band that you go and see the most doesn't necessarily define you because you know, we have plenty of friends who are just as much into Dopapod as they are Papadozio, you know, and vice versa. And within these niches of, you know, band groups or this scene, you also have people who come from, you know, a metal background, a hip hop background, a classical music background, or, you know, whatever it might be. So I feel like there's just like a, there's a steady pulse that's beating around this scene that is attracting, you know, a lot of like-minded folks, no matter what style of music they really are. Because at this point, you know, I go and I see Papadozio because I love every experience that I have with them, but I've created, you know, such a good relationship with all of my friends who also go and see Papadozio that almost 50% to 65% of the experience at this point is traveling around the country and meeting up with my friends in places that, you know, 10 years ago, we probably never thought that we were going to be or things that we never thought we were going to do. Absolutely. You're right, though. I, for me, I think it might even be more of more percent just to going and doing and, and I mean, I rented a car and drove to Asheville and, and was out there for a week, but I mean, or when we go to resonance, right? It's the music is is why you go mm-hmm. in quotations. Yeah. Um, but the people is why you stay and what brings you back. Yeah. Which is amazing. And you brought up a couple absolutely incredible life changing people for me. Um, first being Bass Nectar. Mm-hmm. Bass Nectar is obviously been around forever. I've seen Bass Nectar not too many times, maybe like six, seven times. Um, but next, you said Grizz. Grizz completely changed my life. I just went to Grizzmas this nice. couple couple weeks ago. Yeah, I have nothing but respect for that man. It seems like he, you know, really knows how to bring a community together with uh, good intention in the setting of a concert. Oh yeah, and he does his own thing. Mm-hmm. Like he's playing the saxophone. There's this chick singing. There's he had the Michigan State drumline. Uh, come out on stage to play Bangers 4. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, pretty sure he, he went to Michigan State. Did he? Yeah, I believe. He's from, I think he's from like that Detroit area and I think he might have. He's definitely from Detroit Michigan area. Yeah. yeah. And his parents were there and like he That's pointed cool. him out afterward and That's his so parents sweet. were like in tears and they just, because I mean, what he does, it's not like a normal thing, right? Yeah. And some parents might be like, what are you doing with your life? This, that, and another. But you could tell the, the passion they had for him. Yeah, uh, and it was really cool. That's all an artist could ever want from their family is just the acceptance of you know their parents who at times may have been like, you know, if you don't go to school and do this and do that, you know, you're never gonna do anything with your life. But then, you know, when a parent can you know finally accept you know that their kid is is gifted and that they whether or not you know they're making you know. A million dollars a multi-million year, or if, dollars they're, or if or... they're just bringing joy to a lot of people's life and also their own life, then I think that is something for a parent to be proud of. So it's really sweet 
when an artist can look out in the crowd and you know just be like thank you guys you know, yeah. it's good to see you here thank you and another thing that Grizz did that resonated with me a lot and I've also heard at multiple shows this year is he brought up mental health mm-hmm. and I think that that is one of the hugest things going on right now it's just a revolution of just people just laying it all out I mean hip hop has even changed there's like this what do they call it emo like yeah, emo, sad boy, emo sad, SoundCloud yeah, rap. yeah, yeah, emo boy SoundCloud. <laughs> Which I'm, I'm sure there's like maybe like a, a official act, term, an actual term, <laughs> but I think that that gets the, the grasp. But I think it. it's important, you know, because really just saying what you want to say and letting people letting people hear that you're struggling too. Yeah, I mean it's tough. We uh, we live in a society where we're we're taught in order to make it through things we got to be tough we got to be strong and we got to just push through it which like you know we do have to do our best to be tough and we got to do our best to be strong we got to do our best to push through it but also at the same time sometimes that's just not enough and you know living in the time that we do and having the ability to go and talk to somebody about you know the things that are going on in your head is an extremely healthy thing we're taught you know that as we grow up we're supposed to go see a doctor for our physical health so i believe our brain is just as important as the rest of our body if not more important not only are there incredibly amount incredible amount of studies that have been done that shows that obviously your brain is as important right your Mm -hmm. mental health is as important as your physical health i mean there's studies that show like the healthier the brain, the healthier the body. The healthier the body, the healthier the brain. Mm-hmm. And they just correlate with each other. They are the same thing. We're all on the same wavelength. And the more you take care of your mental health, you know, the, the better your your mind's your mind's gonna be, the better your body's gonna be. Friendships, relationships, everything. Yeah, absolutely. We live in a we live in a weird time where there's a lot going on, a lot more than ever before. And the evolution of humans right now is just moving at such a pace that I don't think our minds were ever supposed to go through you know this rapid change and the speed that it's happening at and so I think a lot of the anxiety you know problems that we see a lot of the depression problems come from just kind of like this fast-paced society that we live in and I think now more than ever um, teaching about mental health is important. It's massive, man. It's it's something I'm very passionate about myself. Um, I've done a lot of work in you know meditation. I've done a lot of work um, just trying to stop my stop my brain uh, from talking, right? And uh, I remember a long time ago, I, I had to be I don't know eight nine years old or something really young and I told my sister I said hey have you ever like had an argument with yourself (laughs) in your head and my sister's a year older than me so she was nine or ten years old and she's like yeah idiot it's called thinking (laughs) (laughs) and you know what I had that thought as a kid like the like I'm hearing myself talk and I'm arguing with myself and and then she's like, oh, that's thinking. And I'm like, I, I guess. But in my mind, I knew it, was, it wasn't just that. Yeah. It's more than just that. And then yeah. years and years and years later, um, I went to a, 
uh, you know who Tony Robbins is? Yeah. So I went to a Tony Robbins seminar in LA, uh, which is absolutely phenomenal. But he said, hey, everybody, you need to read this book. And the book's called The Untethered Soul. And I kind of touched on it a little bit in the in our last podcast. Um, but it's about your voice in your head is not you. And you're the observer of the voice in your head, right? So your brain is doing its thing, right? Just as if your muscles are doing their thing, mm-hmm. your brain is doing its thing and it's built on past experiences. It's built on you know, these emotions and feelings, and it's built on uh, where we want to go in life, vision of the future. And if you can take the observant seat of your thoughts and listen to your brain, listen to what's being said, you can then choose wisely. And in simple terms, it's mindfulness. Mm -hmm. Being able to be in your head and listen to what your head is saying, and then you can move on to a more enjoyable life. Yeah. Yeah, I can I completely understand that. I also have always had this constant, you know, uh, you know, back and forth dialogue mm-hmm. inside of my head too. Um, not in the sense that like it, I at times it's easier to control than others, you know, because mm-hmm. you can hear something. It's like you said being mindful, it's like you can hear something. You can hear this and sometimes if you just like take the back seat you're able to like um let these thoughts work together in a way that you can actually figure out what it is that you're doing like uh, I'll, for example i'll take uh, like music i feel like i've been listening to music and going and seeing music for so long that i've always had like this thought in the back of my head just like hey man like hey you want to make music you want to play music you want to do all these things. You want to produce. You want to play the keys. You want to do this. And so it's just been like this nonstop. And then eventually, like, you get to the point where you just, you, you think about it for so long. And then once you can meditate on it for a minute, you're like, you know what? I am going to do it. And being mindful of your thoughts and really discovering what it is that is going on inside your head is very helpful because once you take those thoughts that have kind of been like, nagging at you for a long time and you figure out why they're there and you start acting towards those thoughts in a way that is productive then you got then you got a whole new door that's open inside of your mind that's just been waiting to be open yeah it's almost like that voice has just been like calling out from the other side just like banging on the door like hey man come here and the thing is I, i mean i'm sure you feel this way too sometimes like that voice will be so strong and tell you to do something and you know it's right you know you should go do that, but then you don't. Yeah, uh, it happens. It's it happens every, more times daily than basis, not. right? Like, yeah. hey, I want to go work out today, oh, yeah. and then you know you wake That's up. That's been me the past two days. Yeah, right. <laughs> and you know, I've been doing workouts in my room a little bit just to kind of, yeah. you know, I have a couple dumbbells and I do a little morning thing every day. Um, but I, understanding your thoughts in an observant way can help you with that too. Um, I mean, it definitely helps me, but I still get stuck in that. Okay, no, I'm not gonna go do that. Or mm-hmm. no, that's just too much right now. I'm not, yeah. Like today, like I was saying, I, I stayed at home all day. Mm-hmm. It was a, it was a great day. Yeah. I had some amazing food. Um, made some made some food and uh, you know watched football. Fantastic fu- fantastic football games on today. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to I wanted to go to the store. I wanted to buy a new jacket. 
I wanted to stop and see my mom. I wanted to do all these things, and it was like, mm, it's so much easier to not do that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it really is so much easier and to do that until you actually start working on it. And I feel like the more you work on it, just like anything, it's like an exercise. Because, mm. I mean, your, your brain is such a strong muscle inside of your body, the strongest muscle inside of your body. And you really do have to exercise it in the sense of, you know, when you're telling yourself that you should be doing something, then you don't do it. You know, that's kind of like, uh, say, you're gaining some weight and you're like, ah, I should go exercise and should lose this physical belly that I have. They call it shooting all over yourself. Shooting all over you myself. You ever heard that before? No, but yeah, man, that's I, it, man. I, I, I've shitted all over myself for many, <laughs> many years. But, you know, you just get to the point. I, I, I think sometimes you get to the point. And you're just like, I'm not gonna shit on myself anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just gonna do it. Like it's just, and then it just becomes easier. It comes easier to say that, you know, like I sh instead of saying I should, it's easier to just say I will. After a while, it's mm. like I am going to. This mm. is what I'm doing now. Yeah. And I think, I think it's really just about facing your fears. Absolutely. Because I think a lot of the reasons that. We don't do these things that, you know, we say that we want to is because, you know, to an extent we're scared. Like, there's been many times in my life where, you know, I've been debating whether or not I should move across the country or if, you know, I should do this or if I should do this or do this or do that. And, you know, sometimes you, you really just have to go for it or else you're just going to shit on yourself until you're That's just it, covered you're just gonna in shit. You're going to shit on yourself. You're just covered <laughs> in should. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm, I'm very much that way. Um, little backstory. I have never lived somewhere more than two and a half years since I was 10. Yeah. So for the last 18 years, I haven't lived anywhere more than two and a half years. Yeah, man, I'm pretty sure I'm right there with you. Yeah. Ever since, I mean, ever since I was a child, I was always back and forth between, like, grandma's, dad's, mom's house, uh, you know, just constant circle, you know, just being tossed back. And then, you know, after not having, like, stability for many years in life, you kind of become a doll, become an adult, and you're just like, well, um, it's time for me to move on to the next thing. I know for the past eight years, I've been, I've lived in four different states mm -hmm. at this point. And I mean, it's, it's fun. It, you just got to get out there and do it. But also at the same time, and another, another should within that whole situation is like, maybe you should find a home for a little bit. Yes. Maybe you should plant your roots for a little bit. And then maybe it would be easier to accomplish more of those goals yeah. that you want to accomplish in life. Well, our, our brains race so freaking fast, right? Mm -hmm. Like, um, I, I've gone too many places I think because I, I, I agree with you I think we have to, to buckle down a little bit take care of finances take care of relationships take care of family mm -hmm. um, and I'm, I'm victim to that I, I've definitely gone places too soon should have stayed behind a little bit yeah. um, but you know that's that's part of the game and, and I'm not going to trade anything for it Yeah, you learn from it and honestly because I've moved around so much since I was 10 I uh I can talk to anyone. Yeah. I mean, I, I have a podcast now. <laughs> That's yeah. all I do now. I'm it, just it, really, talk to people. it really does allow you to become just a little more cultured um, in, you know, the sense of, 
you know, the different kinds of people that you're going to experience in your life. I mean, it's, I think a lot of people struggle when it comes to going into like a new job or like, you know, moving to a new city because they've kind of done one thing for their whole life and it can definitely become a challenge. Like I know when I was younger, before I really started like traveling as an adult, I was a lot more antisocial than I am now, but like being able to go out and appreciate what others have to offer, you know, outside of my hometown, I feel like I've been able to uh, relate on much deeper levels than um, a lot of people. Absolutely. And, and to go back a little bit um, to uh, mindfulness, um, and, and maybe we can slowly wrap up with this, but um, before we started the podcast, we were talking about uh, mindfulness and we were talking about meditation, but in a different way. And I loved when you said flow state. Uh-huh. Flow state. There's there's a book called Flow. Yeah. Um, who who writes that? Oh, man. It's about it's about him. It's about ago. him and skiing, correct? How he gets into the flow state when he's skiing. Yes. Yeah. Was it a professional skier? I think maybe. <sighs> I can't I remember. Know. I learned about it in college. Well, we'll we'll look it up and share it on the next podcast. <laughs> but um, what a flow state is, you were talking about it specifically in music. So what does that really mean to you? Um. I guess when it comes to a flow state for me while making music, it more so comes not when I'm trying to actually write a song or produce a song, but it, no. com- it, it comes to me like when I'm like when I just create um, just a free form sequence and I can just noodle around a bit and it's where I, I sort of become one with my body, but also at the same time become completely separated from my body. Um, just being able to flow on the keyboard without having any intention on where the song is supposed to go, it does become a meditative experience. Uh, you know, I, I just lose myself completely sometimes. And I forget about time, I forget about, you know, any wrong that may be going on in my life at yeah. the moment and you know I just I I feel as if that's as true as one can get when you know while still being a physical entity I suppose absolutely and, and I think you said something very important like you feel like you lost track of time you're almost out of your body uh, a lot of people find flow in sports Mm-hmm. Um, I know we just said you talked about skiing, but a lot of people find it in, in football uh, or a million other things. Um, but you know, what I've tried to work on recently is to get into a flow state or a mindfulness state while doing something I normally wouldn't like doing. Mm. There was a study um, that I heard about the other day where uh, they had people wash dishes. Okay, uh, random. I, I love washing yeah. dishes. Well, here's the thing, right? Rand, random, super random. But they had, I think it was 10 people just wash dishes, didn't tell them anything, right? <laughs> hey, come yeah. here. Hey. Wash dishes. <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay, what kind of crap is this? Um, so yeah, 10 people go go wash dishes, right? 
And then they had another group of 10 people and they sat them down and they talked to them about mindfulness and they talked to them about, you know, feeling the soap in between your hands and, you know, really enjoying each scrub of that dish that you're, you're washing. Um, and afterward, the people that just washed the dishes hated washing dishes (laughs) and 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if it was like 10 out of 10, like, oh, we hate it. Because obviously, wash dishes aren't that bad. Yeah. Once you start doing it, it's yeah. like, okay, I'm, this but is just, what I'm doing. But just like, it was just washing dishes. Yeah, it's yeah. what it was, right? But the people that had a discussion first about mindfulness came out and they actually said they enjoyed mm-hmm. washing dishes. Yeah. Dude, we have dishes at our house right now stacked to the ceiling. <laughs> I need to be that guy who yeah. tells myself to be mindful to wash these dishes and enjoy it. But no, no doubt, I think there is a a little bit of a um like a clash right there because you know, like I've worked in restaurants, but I also have, you know, had dishes to do at home too. There's there's something about just like when you're at work and it's like, oh, there's nothing to do, but hey, there's these dishes right here. You go over there and you do the dishes. And, like, if you're doing them for, you know, 10, 15 minutes, you can definitely become, uh, or come to a trance state. And where it does become, it does become a flow. You know, it does become meditative. And, uh, but then you're at home and you're just like, well, shit, man, I'm at my house right now. I should be sitting on the couch. Yeah. I I should be watching this show. I I could be doing (laughs) anything. It's like, my main thing is like, oh, I'll go play music right now. And then, like, I'll get to those dishes. And it's just, like, that's why they stack up at home. But that's, like, going back to saying I should do these things. It's a, it's just a, doing those dishes at the house. It's a, it's a simple practice to that keeps you in line of, you know, staying diligent when it comes to doing the things that you should be doing. Yeah. Well, once again, shooting all over yourself, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I I know how it is. The dishes at home, it's like, there's a million and one other things that are better than that. I mean, even like, you know, just (laughs) brushing your teeth sounds more appealing. Yeah. yeah, Right. Yeah. I could go brush my teeth right now. I'll get to those dishes. I could go run a mile right now. (laughs) I used to run a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Whole different topic. (laughs) Um, I did. I, after my Tony Robbins kick, I went like seven miles a day for, a couple months. That's impressive. Yeah. Seven miles is very impressive. Yeah. And my knee was shot. My shoes were ruined. And I stopped doing it after that month or two. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing you grew a beard, started wearing a trucker <laughs> hat, and contemplated running across the country too. Yeah, you know. Is this, I, is this Oh, uh, yeah. Something <laughs> like that. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Um, but yeah, you know, I think we can kind of wrap up here. Um, I... I enjoy you, sir. I think you're an incredible human being. If you don't know who Gavin Weber is, um, you better get to know him. Well, thank you. I feel the same way about you, man. Oh. And it's it's an honor to you know be on your podcast and for you to even think about me for being on your podcast. I've you know I've wanted to do something like this for a long time now, and this is really like the introduction into it. And I hope uh, we can do this again sometime. It's just the beginning, my friend. Yeah. Just the beginning. Uh, This is Season 1, Episode 2. Officially signing off. Love you guys. Peace.